All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. And this episode is titled Pictures. Pictures. We all have them. Most of them are digital these days, but they used to be physical. A lot of them used to be physical. A lot more of them used to be physical. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and, uh, Pictures are something interesting. <clears throat> they always bring up memories. Memories of the person who's actually looking at them, ourselves, oneself. Memories of relationships. Memories of time. And memories of time. Because time is another thing we also think about when we look at pictures. Pictures take place in the past. And what you remember, what you choose to remember, what comes to your mind first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever. But why do you look at them? Usually it's to remember something good. But when we think about the concept of pictures and what we put in front of our eyes, much of that is not stuff that we actually ask to look for. Some of it is. Most of it, much, much of it is and much of it is not. And by that, I mean this. It's hard to go somewhere without something being sold to you. Now, I understand advertising. I'm not against it. But it certainly does impact the way people think the way one thinks about their own life and the one that how they think about their relationship with others and time because a lot of advertising uses the fear of missing out model fear of missing out model <clears throat> so when it comes to pictures and value, sometimes it's interesting to see what people see in a photo, whether they see the material or the people. And there's something about scripture that is very unique, and that is its ability to be micro and macro at the same time. It is what we would call psychedelic because that's how that has come to be known. It's how we understand it. But we're not the original. Well, I should say we are the original humans, yes, but we're a creation. There's a creator behind us. And uh, when it comes to the value of you, and everyone who's alive and has ever lived. The meaning of the word temple has changed. It's not because you go to a building that you can picture yourself holy and accepted and loved and right or righteous. You are. 
you're the temple, which is why it is critical to be cognizant of what you're allowing into your temple. And that is a subjective measurement. But scripturally, I'm going to back this up. <clears throat> this is uh, this is interesting because Jesus is changing the rules. Not about marijuana, but about how you are to view yourself and others. So the people, this is John chapter 2, verse 18 through 22. So the people said to Jesus, what sign do you show us? as your authority for doing these things. He was performing miracles. I'll give you some context. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And the people then said, it took 46 years to build this temple and yet you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Now this is, this next one I'm going to read has more content that you can picture. But in that one I just read, picture yourself as a temple, a holy temple. Because that is the way your creator sees you and values you. That's interesting. Because oftentimes we associate buildings with those things. They can symbol they can symbolize, they can be symbolic of of something, but they are not the thing itself. They are not people. They are not people. So if you picture yourself as a temple, what kind of temple do you see? And why do you want it that way? And how did you come to see it that way? And do you understand that there are other options for how your temple, you, can live? All right, check this out. <clears throat> this is John chapter 10, verse 1 through 21. And Jesus is speaking. And think about what I said just now, what I just read, John 2, 18 through 22, and what I said about it. Here we go. Truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts all his own outside, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. However, a stranger, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this figure of speech, but they did not understand the th what things, what the things which he was saying to them meant. That's interesting. 
Because as we read it now, there are hidden things involved in that. And unhidden, using unhidden mechanisms to reveal the hidden. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All those who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He or she. And will go in and out and find pasture. Now check that out. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, they will be saved. And will go in and out and find pasture. That's called peace. There's no strife. There's no stress in that. There's no... There's no disbelief that the pasture, when you go in and when you come out, will not be there because trust in the maker's love for one exists. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand. Now, this one is interesting. This one's interesting. And it requires personal discerning. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters because he is a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's the Creator doing that for creation. And I have one sheep that are not of, excuse me, and I have sheep, other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and they will become. They will become one flock, one shepherd. I'm going to read that again. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. That that's me. He's talking about me and he's talking about you. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. And they will become one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it back. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it back. This commandment I received from my father. <clears throat> now, check this out. Dissension occurred among them. Or, excuse me. As dissension occurred among some of the people because of these words. Hmm, interesting. Dissension occurred among some of the people because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and is insane. He's crazy. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these are not the words of one who is demon-possessed. A demon cannot open the eyes of those who are blind, can it? 
Hmm, quite the picture. And when you picture that, I don't see space or time. I see the one true God. And I hear that there are impersonators, but that impersonators will be found out because their voices are not sincere. The maker's voice is sincere. Some people call it still and small or quiet. Eh, sometimes it's not so quiet. Sometimes it's more presentable to us than the distractions. Sometimes it's our choice to ignore the priority and give our attention, energy, and effort to the distractions. It's interesting. Now, I do like this last one. Dissension occurred among them, among some of the people because of these words. What he's saying is, I am the one who the prophets spoke about, the Messiah, the Christ. I'm here. It's up to you to believe or not. And he just, he just got done opening the eyes of someone who's born blind. And they call him a demon. They say he's crazy. These are not the words of one who is demon-possessed. A demon cannot open the eyes of those who are blind, can it? A demon can do bad things. Not heal people. <clears throat> now... This is an interesting picture right here. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's in he's in Athens. And uh, he's talking to them about how to view the world. And he's just not, how, he's not well, I'm going to read it for yourself, for myself. You can listen to it for yourself, and you can hear me read it. <laughs> here we go. This is Acts 17, 22 through 34. And this is interesting. So Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that you are very religious in all aspects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything that is in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made by hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything from his creation. Since he himself gives to all people life and breath in all things, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also, quote, for we also are his descendants, end quote. Therefore, since we are the descendants of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold, or silver, or stone, an image formed by human skill and thought. So having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now proclaiming to humans, to his creation, 
that all people everywhere are to change their mind, which is what the word repent means, change your mind. In Greek, metanoia. Because he has set a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all people by raising him from the dead. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to scoff, but others said, We shall hear from you again concerning this. So Paul went out from among them, but some men joined him and believed among whom also were Dionysus, the Arapagite, and a woman named Damaris, <clears throat> and others with them. Now that is pretty interesting. And that is interesting that human beings think that we can carve something ourselves and say, yep, this is a god, worship it. This is an image of the god we have, bow down. It's made from material that the creator made. And if you make something and you see that the people that you're helping and have provided for are using that help and provision to create their own gods so they don't have to worship you anymore. That's what's going on. That's what's going on in there. And that's why Paul says, so having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now proclaiming to mankind that all people everywhere are to change their minds. I'm going to go back to John. <clears throat> this is John 16, 1 through 15. This is Jesus speaking to them. He says, these things I have spoken to you so that you will not be led into sin, which is disbelief. Sin is disbelief. If you go all the way back to Genesis, Adam and Eve ate from the knowledge of good and evil because they did not believe that what they had or that the knowledge or, or that the fruit from the tree of life was better. They chose to go on their own format. They chose to carve their own idols. They said, we don't need your idol. We don't want to worship you anymore. We want to go do something ourselves, but we need your power source. And that power source didn't convey. Life was spiritual connection was severed, which caused the physical body to age and die. All right, let's get back to that. John 16, 1 through 15. These things I have spoken to you <clears throat> so that you will not be led into sin. They will ban you from the synagogue or the churches, however you want to read that. He's talking about that time. Yet an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering a service to God. Hmm. These things they will do because they have not known the Father nor me. That's interesting. People who think they're killing other people in service to God do not know God. But these things I have spoken to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. However, I did not say these things, I, excuse me. However, I did not say these things to you at the beginning because I was with you. 
But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, grief has filled your heart. And this because these guys gave up everything and started following Jesus. And now that he's saying he's about to leave this world via death, they're wondering, what next? What do we do? What's going to satisfy our existential needs? But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I am leaving. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, this is interesting, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. First, he explains sin. Regarding sin, because they do not believe in me. That's sin, unbelief. Adam and Eve said, ah, we don't believe you got the best. We believe we can do something better. We want to make our own thing. We want our own format. And righteousness and judgment. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> regarding sin, because they do not believe in me. And regarding righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you no longer see me. In other words, he is the righteousness. Everyone who believes in him. I should say it like this, because this is what it really means. Everyone, belie everyone who believes that Jesus loved, knows everything about them. There's hiding nothing. There's nothing hidden. And he says, I still love you. Kind of hard for some people to believe that. That is unconditional love. And here's the thing. Every single person needs it. Every single person except for one that has ever been born needs that love. Without it, it's like a huge hole inside of that person that cannot be filled. Yet we still try to jam it and jam it and jam it. Doesn't work. But I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I'm leaving. If I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, will convict the world regarding will excuse me, convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Regarding sin because they do not believe in me, and regarding righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you no longer see me. And regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged past tense. It's already done. It's already done. The fight is not a fight that we have to take arms for in this unhidden realm or hidden, however you want to look at it. So obviously I'm talking about things other than military force. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear or understand them at the present time. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. That's pretty amazing. That's a promise. It's up to us if we want to believe it or not. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. 
and he will disclose to you what is to come. That's quite telling. That's not secondhand information. He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take from mine and will disclose to you. Depends on if you believe it or not. All things that the Father has are mine. This is why I said that he takes from mine and will disclose to you. That sounds like a big reversal from the Old Covenant. Giant reversal. That picture looks much better to me. <clears throat> that picture looks much better than to me than a list of things for me to perform that I'd have to lie to myself about doing perfectly. And if I lie to myself about doing it perfectly, then God knows I'm lying about it too. And if I try to pretend to him that I performed perfectly and he knows that I haven't, he still loves me. And that's why he gave grace. That's why he gave grace. All right. <clears throat> now this is this is a quite the picture also. Because when you read it real fast, you kind of don't picture it. You kind of imagine the emotions of it a little bit more than what it looks like. Now this is after Jesus was crucified. And this is John 20, 1 through 23. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already removed from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and came to and, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. That's John. And said to them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple left and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead, John, faster than Peter, and came to the tomb first. And he stooped to look in, and saw the linen wrappings lying there. However, he did not go in. So Simon Peter also came following John, and he entered the tomb. And he looked at the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth which had been put on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but folded up in a place by itself. There is cultural meaning to that. So the other disciple, who had first come to the tomb, also entered. John finally goes in. Now he sees, he let Peter go in first to see if he's going to get hurt. It almost seems like he almost he let Peter to go in to see if he's going to get hurt. <clears throat> Saw that Peter was okay, so he went in. So the other disciple who said, who had first come to the tomb, <clears throat> also entered then, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. For they did not yet understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb, weeping. So as she wept, 
she decided to look inside. She stooped to the look into the tomb. And this is what she saw. And she saw two angels in white sitting. One at the head and one at the feet of where Jesus' body was laid. Now that is a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was made with created materials. That was representative. Jesus is the real Ark. An angel sitting at the foot and an angel sitting at the head. That's what's on the Ark. Now what was in the Ark? The Ten Commandments. Man's human being's refusal to obey, to listen. The golden pot of mana. Human being's refusal of God's provision. And Aaron's staff that although it was connected to no roots, bloomed almonds, which represents human beings' rejection of God's leadership. That's what was in the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus paid the price for everything that humans have done wrong. It's up to each person. And he did it with love. There's no fear of missing out. The only fear you have of that is after your last breath. After your last breath, you know, I haven't been there. I can't say I don't know. But, you know, from what I'm reading, this belief has to be done while we're still breathing. Because when you stop breathing, hidden things become unhidden but they may have been unhidden all the while. And we just didn't pay attention. We just didn't choose to pay enough attention. I'm going to continue on. <clears throat> when, he, when she had said this, this is Mary, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And yet she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, because he didn't, there's still unbelief in Mary too. There's still unbelief in Mary, but there's something else different about Mary. And she's the first person that Jesus revealed himself to after his resurrection. Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, exclamation point. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Now check this out. Go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that and, and that he had said these things to her. Now when, it was, excuse me, now when it was evening time on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, where the disciples were together because they're afraid of being persecuted, they're afraid of being attacked, 
Jesus came and stood in their midst. He didn't open a door. He just presented himself and said to them, peace to you. Hmm. Peace to you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. Now, this is an interesting recording of this because usually when it, there's an angelic encounter with a human, the humans prostrate themselves and the angel can see that they're deathly afraid. Jesus just presented himself as if he was sitting there with them the entire time like everybody else. And he said, peace to you. He's the maker of peace. If he's going to, if anything's going to give me peace, if I want peace from anything, I want it from him at the core. Because the core radiates. Same way they say leadership. Cultures are start at the top. Yeah, that's true. Cultures start at the top. I want that peace. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you a second time. As they're happy, saying peace, just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit listen to this this is pretty interesting if you forgive if you forgive the sins of any their sins have been forgiven them if you retain the sins of any they have been retained if you receive if you forgive the sins of any this, their sins have been forgiven them if you retain the sin of any, they have been retained. Now, you often hear that forgiveness isn't for the person you're forgiving, it's for you too. That is true also. It's both. It's both. And everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> That's good stuff. I dig it. I feel like talking about marijuana a little bit right now. I am. I'm going to talk about marijuana a little bit more right now before I hit this next two. I don't say, when it comes to marijuana, I don't think people should just have to do it. I'm saying it's a human crime and injustice to say that that plant made by creator, Jesus, was not made by him, but made by the devil. And if you use, and if you use it, you're going to fall apart. Your life's going to fall apart. Injustice. Then all of a sudden, the people who use it are now just as just as evil as the name or the word devil. Now, the funny thing is, is we have cartoons, we have sports teams named after devils, and we 
we even celebrate that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a funny thing, this world and the way we use words, which is why pictures, pictures can take you forward, backward, and out of time. Now I'm going to read something from Colossians. This is written by the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the believers in Colossae. This is 1, 15 through 22. He says he is talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him. Now check this out. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. The firstborn of all creation. Wasn't that Adam? In Genesis, it's recorded, it says, Light be, Yehi or in Hebrew. I believe that it's Jesus. I'm not saying he began to exist at that time. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying when he said light be, light here, that was Jesus. And he says, for by him, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. And when you visible and invisible, visible and invisible. And when you look at the, when you read the account in Genesis, it makes sense. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the believers. They use the word church. But what he's talking about is people. He's not talking about buildings. The body is people, the church, people. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, th having made peace through the blood of his cross. And although you were previously alienated and hostile in attitude, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. That's one that a, hard, a lot of people have a hard time believing. <clears throat> they don't believe that. Because when they look at somebody else and say, I see all this about yourself. I see all this about you. And when they look at themselves and say, yeah, I see all this about me too. So what's Paul talking about? Obviously, there's a hidden and an unhidden. And a visible and an invisible. It's talking about your standing before the creator not your standing before other humans. 
He's talking about your standing before your creator. Sometimes, and often, too often, we flip that around. We focus on our standings among amongst other humans instead of focusing our standing in Christ. That things get out of balance when that happens. But it does happen. And when it does, forgiveness is there waiting for you. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. I say that I say this so that no one will deceive you with persuasive arguments. For even though I am absent in body, I am nevertheless with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your orderly manner and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Jesus and established in your trust in him. Trust, just as you were instructed in overflowing gratitude, just as you were instructed. What he's saying is, is yeah, remember, this is the beginning of the church. Paul's trying to help people walk this out. And he's saying, I have some instructions for you. He's not made, well, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that right now. Paul's not making rules like the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> he's giving guidance, and he's giving... Uh, we won't go into all that right now. We'll cover that in a later episode. But it is interesting to see what he has to say about that. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, in Jesus, and established in your trust, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude, See to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather than in accordance with Christ. For in Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. That's huge. And in him, you have been made complete. And in him, you have been made complete. Therefore, if the belief is not there, that's why it's called sin. You're incomplete. And he is the head over every ruler and authority. And in him, you are also circumcised with a circumcision performed without hands, hidden in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Mm, that's interesting. Now we're talking about what some people would call metaphysics. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Now check this out. And when you were dead in your wrongdoings and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he's not talking about what they do to male boys <clears throat> at the hospital when they're born. He's talking about the fallenness of this world. 
and how it's inside each and every person, each one of us. He made you alive, not good, not from bad to good, but from dead to living. He made you alive together with him, not alone and not separated from your maker, with your maker, to show that you really are accepted. Having forgiven us all our wrongdoings, having canceled the certificate of debt, consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and, he's and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food and drink, or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These things, excuse me, things which are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Take care that no one keeps defrauding you of your prize by delighting in humility and the worship of angels. Take care that no one keeps defrauding you of your prize by delighting in humility and the worship of angels taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding firmly to the head, which is Christ, from whom the entire body of people, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, grows with, with a growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, exclamation point, all of which refer to things destined to perish with use in accordance with the commandments and teachings of man. These are matters which do have the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and humility and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Ah, interesting. That one is key. All right. That's key. I'm going to do that again. These are matters which do have the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and humility, self-made religion and self-made humility connected to that religion. And they result in the severe treatment of the body. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Marijuana has endocannabinoids in it, terpenes. You have an endocannabinoid system in your body. That plant has intent for your well-being. Your endocannabinoid system maintain, is the largest modulating system in the human body for, mod, for maintaining homeostasis. Your well-being. These are matters which do have the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and humility and severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. All right, this last one is short. I'm going back to the temple the picture of what you have of yourself 
and the value that is you? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You belong to the shepherd. That's why you recognize his voice. You have been bought with a price. You've been bought for a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And your body does what you think about. You think about stuff that you believe. You believe with your heart. Your mind creates the pictures, the imagination for it. Your mouth expresses your heart. Your actions show others what you believe. Pictures, pictures, pictures. I love them. Make sure you're looking at them from the future. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. And this episode is titled Pictures. Love you all.